Welcome to the Gazette's Fact Checker Podcast. I'm Elijah Dishas, the Gazette's Features Reporter. I'm Marissa Payne, the Gazette's Cedar Rapids Government Reporter. And I'm Erin Jordan. I'm the Gazette's Investigative Reporter. So in this week's podcast, we are excited to start on our first check of Mike Franken, um, who surprised a lot of folks when he won the Democratic primary in June to run against Chuck Grassley. Um, And I hope you folks enjoy this fact checker because I had to spell out the word pharmaceutical several times. So it's a labor of love I did for you. Um, Let's get into it. On July 12th, Mike Franken's campaign released a statement saying that Chuck Grassley was all hat, no cattle on some healthcare policy issues. Uh, I don't know if that's something we say in rural Iowa. I have not heard it here in in my um, 10 plus years in Iowa, but Mike Franken is definitely trying to make it a thing. So we're going to, we're going to just roll with it here. Specifically, the former Navy Admiral is criticizing Chuck Grassley's stance on Medicare being able to negotiate for lower drug prices. And I will read the quote here from his statement. He said, quote, well, he helped write the bill that banned Medicare from negotiating for lower drug prices, a policy he still refuses to support, end quote. Um, so in this claim, we need to check two things. Uh, first was, did Chuck Grassley write the bill that banned Medicare from negotiating for lower drug prices? And, uh, not only did Chuck Grassley help author the bill, he has, um, proudly claimed his role in Medicare Part D as a leader since before the law was signed in 2003. Back, let's go back a little bit to 2003 and, and what prompted this bill to become law. We have Medicare, who's, which has been in place since 1965. And from 1990 to 2000, spending on prescriptions rose twice as fast as other healthcare costs. And the private plans that a lot of retirees relied on for prescription coverage started to scale back in response to those rising costs. And so a full 25% of Medicare beneficiaries were left without any prescription coverage. The new law, which was implemented in 2006, called Medicare Part D, um, helped cover the donut hole of prescription drug costs. Um, But in the process of that, it also prohibited Medicare from attempting to negotiate prescription drug prices with pharmaceutical companies, um, and only private insurance companies administering Part D have the right to negotiate directly with drug manufacturers. Uh, This is a side effect that the Affordable Care Care Act attempted to fix Uh, but it still kind of remains a sticking point for a lot of progressives. Um, And it's even part of Joe Biden's health care agenda today. So we know that Chuck Grassley helped write the bill. Um, Let's look at whether he still stands by it. In January 2019, he told reporters that he would pursue legislation to lower drug prices, but not specifically legislation proposed by Democrats to allow the government to directly negotiate with pharmaceutical companies. Um, he said he didn't want the government negotiating um, prices with the private sector. Um, and he reiterated that stance in a May speech um, on the floor of the Senate, um, where he just talked about the reasoning for um, the non-interference clause in Medicare Part D, um, which he said allows the forces of free enterprise and competition to drive down costs and drive value up. Um, He said it wouldn't work if the federal government interfered with the delivery of medicine um, and dictated which drugs would or would not be covered. Um, An interesting thing to note, this is kind of driving 
the ongoing conversation um, about this. Uh, a Congressional Budget Office report from January of this year noted that from 2009 to 2018, the average net price of brand name prescriptions rose um, from $149 to $353 for Part D patients, um, but it only rose from $147 to $218 for Medicaid patients. Um, and in Medicaid, as well as um, some other um, government-administered programs like the Veterans Affairs uh, Department, um, they're, they're still allowed to negotiate with drug companies, and they've um, managed to keep some of those costs down, it looks like. Um, so I gave this um, first claim an A. Before we move on to the next one, uh, Marissa and Aaron, what do you think of that? I think it's pretty clear cut as if you as you've laid it out. Um, you know, these bills have have sponsors and uh, people who assist with the creation of them, and I I think it's pretty clear. I agree with you on the A. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like Grassley has been pretty consistent in uh, believing that the government shouldn't be negotiating lower drug prices itself, though he supports, you know, other efforts to lower drug prices. Um, so it seems that Mike Franken is pretty spot on with this claim. Cool. Can I just say, too, though, um, just the idea that the forces of free market and competition, to use Grassley's words, are keeping drug price prices low does not seem to be working. I just as a personal note, I had to buy an EpiPen for my son recently and um, was quoted prices from the exact same pharmacy um, from $582 to like $150. And that was all depending on which thing I used. And, you know, it's, it, it's just, um, it doesn't seem like the government negotiating with pharmaceutical companies would make things worse. I don't know how much worse they could be, especially for drugs like insulin and things like that. Yeah, for sure. It's also worth noting that, um, I mean, uh, Mike Franken makes it out to seem like um, Grassley's being kind of hypocritical on this. Um, I Just to give the benefit of the doubt and put that out there um, fairly, he has proposed other bills um, to combat rising drug costs. Um, he proposed one earlier this year called the Pharmacy Benefit Manager Transparency Act. Um, and what that would basically do is um, put a little more transparency in drug pricing and uh, kind of put the um, emphasis for rising drug costs on pharmacy benefit managers. Um, so there's definitely... Um, there are definitely different viewpoints on what is causing prescriptions to go up and what the best solution is. But um, it's pretty clear that um, Grassley, you know, claims responsibility for the non-negotiation clause. And, um, you know, that's not something he's trying to hide from. So, okay, let's go on to the second part of Mike Franken's claim here. Um, he said that, quote, since coming to Washington over 40 years ago, um, he, Chuck Grassley, has taken nearly $1.4 million from the pharmaceutical industry. Um, in supporting this claim, his team cited some numbers from Open Secrets, uh, which is a nonprofit started by the Nonpartisan Center for Responsive Politics. Um, they compile a lot of um, pretty useful data um, and pretty widely used data on money and politics. Um, 
in July, Frankenstein's numbers um, totaling money taken from pharmaceutical companies, as well as money taken from pharmaceutical and health products industry. Those are two separate categories. Uh, those together totaled $1.382 million. Um, those numbers have actually gone up a little bit since July uh, by about $14,000 altogether. So that puts the total at $1,396,000, um, just shy of $1.4 million. It's um, honestly within rounding distance of it. Um, so I am also going to give this one an A. This is also a pretty clear-cut thing. The numbers are there. Um, I could not get a breakdown of... Um, who gave what to Grassley and when they gave it to him. Uh, it's also worth noting that these numbers are collected since 1989. So that's um, about 32 years. That doesn't quite cover the totality of um, Chuck Grassley's tenure in office. Um, but overall, it's it's a pretty solid number and it's, it's accurate to what the Franken team said it was. Um, what do you guys think of that one? I think it's clear. Open Secrets is a very reliable site um, that aggregates a lot of um, kind of hard to understand data from the Federal Elections Commission. Um, and I I think those numbers are, are fairly clear. The one point I would just make, and you are touching on it with, with what you just said, is, you know, what share of that, that amount of money is of Grassley's total um, donations. You know, it's it's fairly small. I was just looking real quick on followthemoney.org and it lists, uh, let's see, um, for Chuck Grassley, it says um, at this point that like from the 2016 and 2010 races, I think he um, contributions received during that period was like $17 million. So, you know, and that's just in those two races, not even going back as far as these pharmaceutical donations go back. So, you know, it's, it's just a, a sliver of his overall donations, but I think that the donation amount is clear and um, would agree with the A. It, it might be worthwhile to it, it put in kind of um, some context there, just what percentage, if we can get at that a little bit more, um, that is of his total contributions. For sure. I will look into that and add that into the written portion. Marissa, any, any diverging thoughts? No, I agree with an A and um, I mean, props to Franken for being very precise with the like nearly 1.4 million. So, you know, plenty of people out there would be much more generous with their rounding, um, you know. Maybe they have a journalist working on their team. Who knows? But We know um, they all have journalists working for their team. They should all be precise. Yeah. I think it's just as an aside, I think it's really interesting to think of how the Republican Party of 19 years ago, this bill, it was bipartisan, but it had more Republican support than Democratic support at the time. Um, but it's interesting to think about how the party of 19 years ago actually expanded a government social safety net program um, and, and how that contrasts to the party of today. You know, not, not a judgment call there, but the tenets of the party um, have certainly quite uh, changed quite a bit during my lifetime. Yeah, I think I think that's definitely true. Yeah. I'm sure both parties have evolved um, and probably not in good ways. 
All right. Well, any final thoughts before we wrap it up here? I wouldn't want to say good job. I think this you you looked at a lot of different sources, and I'm particularly impressed with reading the transcripts of the speech from 2019 to determine how you know whether Grassley still feels the same way that he did in 1980. So good job. Thank you. Well, we are always looking for new fact check topics. So if you have an idea, feel free to send it over to us at factchecker at thegazette.com. Our fact checker podcast is produced by Stephen Colbert. Our fact checker is edited by Craig Jamolis. And our music is Lobby Time by Kevin McLeod. Until next time, I'm Elijah Decius. I'm Marissa Payne. And I'm Aaron Jordan. And we'll fact check you later. Get a daily update from the Gazette with our daily news podcast. Add it to your podcast player or your Alexa-friendly device to get a bite-sized local news update each day. Check it out at thegazette.com slash podcasts.